Good morning from Jubilee Worship Center. We have been experiencing the joy of the Lord, and I've just asked a few of them to be praying for me that I can get my thoughts together because um, no apologies made when your uh, eggs are scrambled in your brain, but your spirit is saying a divine yes to the Lord. <laughs> Woo! I love it when he pours out his spirit like that. It is just wonderful. And I don't know of anyone that doesn't need a fresh baptism of joy. <laughs> Glory to God. We're, um, I think it's our fifth week that we've been studying the seven mountains of influence in our culture. And so today, the uh, mountain that we're looking at is the mountain of family. And, uh, you know, when I say the word family, sometimes people feel like they're less than because they might be living alone, they might be widowed or divorced, or uh, maybe a family that's been split up, you know, and so they're saying, well, I'm no longer family. That's not true. That's not true. You're in the family of God if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't, I pray that you will take the opportunity during this time of live streaming to seek him and to say yes to him so that you will have that sense of belonging. But um, <clears throat> let me open up with Malachi 4, verse 6. And Elijah will come, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. That's the last promise and the last verse of the Old Testament. Elijah will come and save families. And it was 400 years before Jesus was sent to us in the earth after this scripture was prophesied. Um, I don't think I have to tell anyone listening that in our society today there is a family breakdown. And that has caused unprecedented social and physical ills in our country. Many diseases can be attributed to the unloving parental environment that maybe some have come up in, um, some that have psychosomatic source in their lives. It causes their immune system, that unhappiness, that despair causes the immune system to shut down or weaken, and it makes room for disease. So, um, you know, I don't have to tell you that we are in a crisis point with regard to the mountain of family. The family unit is under assault by Satan, and more specifically, he's after the fathers who have failed um, in some cases, um, though the enemy can use other areas too. So the mountain of family needs Elijah revolutionaries, and we've been talking for a few weeks now about the Elijah revolution where God is moving and he's calling forth those that will join into his army of faith, warriors that will say, I'm like Caleb, we can take the mountain. Whatever mountain it is that we're studying, I can take the mountain. Lord, show me by faith and then show me by action what it is that I can do. So the greatest social injustice that we currently face is that the hearts of the fathers are not turned to their children, and thus the children's hearts are not turned to their fathers. 
So many of the social injustices that we see are spin off from that. And it's not always the parents' fault. It's not. Um, but something evil perpetrates and is released upon children to turn them against the parents. Second uh, Timothy 3, 1 through 4 tells us, it foretells of this is what we were going to see. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I'm going to go right back and just lift out kids' behavior. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unforgiving, without self-control, headstrong. We don't have to look far to find someone like that, whether it be in our family or maybe our neighbor or another extended family member. So um, the essential definition of family in the most ideal sense is parents and children, and it's an institution created by God, no doubt about it. And family and morality is the very fiber of our society, and when it disintegrates, then social order disintegrates. And most of it can be traced back to something that, went, that broke down in family. Whenever we minister here in the healing rooms or whether at healing ministries at the retreat center um, or at our altar, oftentimes what we go back to is somewhere, some, something back in childhood got broken or a lie was believed. Whether the parents were wrong or right, it's the enemy that's working a lie within our minds. And so criminality can be another indication that of broken homes. Drug use, Ill illicit sexual activity, uh, illegal sexual activity, inability to secure gainful employment, jail sentences are all linked back to broken homes. And so I, I think we're all in touch with the fact that this is true, the father's absence and even abusive behavior is the most damaging factor in a broken family unit. So uh, the family glue that holds the family together is, is love. And when that is absent, then it's very difficult for a family to remain intact. So the biblical nation, we've been looking at uh, Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter and the first verse, and these are the nations that, that uh, Joshua and Caleb were facing. If we're going to take the promised land, we've got to face these nations and combat them and overtake them. And so the one that we're looking at, the nation that is represented in Deuteronomy 7.1, is the Jebusite nation when it was regarding the family. Jebusite means this, a place trodden down. Now think of a broken family, a, pl a place tr trodden down, rejection. That's what Jebusite means. And that is the spirit of the mountain of family that must be dispossessed. All right, so the Jebusites then represent rejection. And when you study the word rejection, it means refusal to escape, consider, refusal to submit to, refusal to hear, 
refusal to hear or to admit. So some of us can understand and say that, mm -hmm, I've seen that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's even been at times within ourselves. But um, most of these things that, are, that I have just listed from the spirit of rejection are just the opposite of what is listed in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. So you can uh, have a lifetime of counseling, even maybe be put on medication, that does not cure what the root problem is. What is required is help from the Lord. And, uh, you know, a child can buy into a lie and uh, can wrongly interpret something from their parents, uh, maybe a stern word, or maybe, maybe when they feel compared, a child can feel compared to another child in the family. Um, so anyway, these Jebusite demons will take advantage of a situation and they'll whisper to the child that they're not wanted, that they're abandoned, that they're less than. And the enemy, that's his job description, so don't be surprised. That is what he, his job description is, is to kill, steal, and to destroy. And he starts with a lie. And he just builds a case on that lie and says, mm-hmm, you see, I told you that would happen. Uh-huh, yeah, that one didn't treat you right either. You see, you really are not loved. You really are not received. And so whenever a child, it begins in childhood, whenever you, be, as a child, begin to believe that, there comes this rejection complex, and it will affect every future relationship that the person is in unless... God comes on the scene and can begin to uproot that lie and that lie be replaced with truth. So the Jebusites, what they are known for is taking advantage of every opening to sow rejection, each one protecting themselves so as not to be hurt anymore. We see this, we see this so often in ministry. We will begin to minister to someone, begin to share truth, and we'll feel that we've hit the proverbial wall. Because what they're doing is they've, they've put on man's armor instead of God's armor. And man's armor is, I will self-protect. I got my hands over my heart. You're not getting into me. You're not coming into that vulnerable place because that's where I got hurt. And so we run up against that all the time it takes the spirit of god to bring those walls down but we recognize it and we can feel it um also when a family member leaves a family if it's a mother leaving the home or the father leaving the home there are seismic waves of rejection that are thrown in all directions so rejection begets rejection it reproduces itself and then the person that feels rejected then begins to send out strong vibes of please reject me it doesn't make sense but that's really what happens it's part of that self-protection and so you begin to talk people into yeah please reject me and it it, it sounds perverted and and it is because that's what the enemy does but rejection by a father can warp the developing sexual identity of a little boy or a little girl. Um, a boy will seek male approval endlessly 
because of being confused and can often cross the sexual line into abnormality. Girls that have been rejected by fathers, um, their flower really never opens. They really don't know how to open up and receive love and show the full beauty of their their personhood. Now, God is God is after He's after all of us, the little boys and the little girls inside of us, to bring us to that place of health that He has intended for us, because He can redeem that which has been lost, and that is the good news. So, um, whenever uh, emotional damage comes, the Jebusites have prepared their prey for the principality that's on top of this mountain called family and the principality that is at the top of this mountain is called Baal B-A-A-L and Baal and Jezebel are very similar but Baal is more encompassing Jezebel actually served Baal so Baal means master owner or lord and of course we're not talking about our Lord Jesus Christ but he was the god of fertility the sun god the god of provision he was known to be the god of rain and was looked to for basically everything those who served baal the cult of baal included male prostitution and so service to molech was also connected with baal worship i'm going to read jeremiah 32:35 and they built the high places of baal which are in the valley of the son of Shinom, to cause their sons and daughters to pass through the fire to Molech, which I did not command them, nor did it come to my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. Jeremiah, the prophet, hearing from God and weeping over what he's seeing, we're looking at some of the same today. There's no new sin under the sun. So if one served Molech, they served Baal. And this is the one to whom children were brutally and cruelly sacrificed. I know we have some children out of the room, and I'm glad for this particular point, because the worshipers of Molech and Baal would heat up the statues of Moloch and place children inside the red heart, red hot arms and watch them burn to death. We say we can't bear the thoughts of that. Yet that can take place out of our sight, yet it's happening to those that are observing Moloch. So this is like abortion in Roe versus Wade, which was uh, established in 1973. Since then, well over 60 million, I believe is the latest number, well over 60 million children have been sacrificed on this altar of convenience. Okay, homosexuality is a manifestation of Baal worship. And it explains while male, why male prostitution was illegal 
to Baal ceremonies. It's the rejection of one's natural sexual desires. And it is not necessarily a conscious choice, but it's the fruit of rejection sown in someone that has defiled them early on. So God's standards of morality reflect the feelings that we must be trained into. Uh, they're not feelings we're born with. We're born under the sinful nature of Adam. So children are not born innocent. They have to be taught the ways of God. Children can appear to be, babies appear to be innocent, but they have, to, they have selfishness, they have willfulness sown within them because of the Adamic nature. And so therefore that's why they must be trained up. And when we were looking at that scripture once before to train up a child, the Hebrew word means to, to bring them into a tight place. In other words, teach them the narrow way. You, you don't have this broad way of doing whatever you want to do. We know how children can become unruly when they have been just loose to do their own thing. They have to be taught how to be brought under the principles of God. And so um, no child is born into this world having to be taught how to be selfish and to be put me first. And, and even in the very, very, very early stages of a child, we can almost laugh you know it's almost comical sometimes to see how they can say mine mine and you know we kind of chuckle to ourselves but there's going to come a time when that's not funny anymore you know and so they have to be trained out of that and learn how to share and to not be so selfish but first corinthians 13 which i'm not turning to right now are all anti-natural feelings i just ask you to think about this uh, is it natural for you to want to bear with others, you know, under adverse circumstances? It, it didn't come natural to us to want to just bear with people while, they, while they're <laughs> in whatever situation they're in or their attitude that they're in. Um, sometimes it's hard for us to, to believe. You know, to, love believes all things. Love is open to believe. It's tender-hearted. Um, how about forgiveness? That doesn't come natural. That is a supernatural grace that comes upon us to forgive. Because when, when we've been hurt, we want once again to put that man's armor on and protect ourselves again. How about endure? Love endures all things. Whew. I mean, how far will we go before we start crying uncle? You know, that's enough. I've had enough. I can't go any further than this. But with God's grace, we can. We can endure all things. How about thinking no wrong? Anybody got any file cabinets with some files in it? And those files have names on them? Uh-huh, yes. I mean, we, actually, that has been some of the visual that God has given us from time to time in ministry. Um, I see a file drawer with several files. And how about, um, it, is it okay if we take those files out and put them on the altar and let God burn all of that up oh no but I don't want to forget I can't go back there I'm not I'm not going to allow that to happen again self-defense but love thinks no wrong it it doesn't hold it into account um these just do not come naturally they come supernaturally so demons are on the rise to warp our way of thinking and our desires and to take 
our society into inordinate and confused drives. But God is beginning to release a new level of power for healing and restoration. For that, we can say, thank you, Lord. Many are lost in the ways of perversion and cried out to God to no longer have those feelings. You know, some of those that we see in public or maybe paraded, you know, in some of these special parades that are held, we don't know the cries of their heart. We may see visually what they look like. We may be appalled by some of the ways they present themselves, but we don't know. We don't know when they put their heads on their pillows that they aren't crying out, God changed my desires. And so we must be willing to be used of God to minister wherever he will open a door so that these can be rescued from perversion. God's great mercy is reaching out his hand. Isaiah 26, 9 and 10 says, With my soul I have desired you in the night. And we've also, many of us, put our head on our pillow and we've cried out to God. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let grace be shown to the wicked. Ooh. Mm. Boy, that's a test, isn't it? Let grace be shown to the wicked. Yet he will not learn righteousness. There will be some who will not turn. In the land of uprightness, he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Those are the lost, the ones who will not call out to God. That should break our heart, not rise up judgment within us. It should break our hearts because it breaks the heart of the Father. There's a place that grace does cease to reap a reward. And our society is in a bad place right now. But God. But God. So those that are called into ministry positions... Um, let me just speak for pastors, um, where to pastor the flock, nurture the flock. Apostles, apostles and prophets are to be released to step up and to bring leadership into the church so that we can all function as God has desired us to. Uh, pastors, are, as I said, are to be free to minister and not be saddled with all the administration because that causes burnout. Um, then again, nothing is more polluted than a pastor who is a hireling, one who is in the position only for the sake of earning a living. That's not God's intent. Uh, Ezekiel um, lays it out pretty clearly how God will judge those who pastor the flocks, who do not care for their flocks. So... Um, women pastors, and for some of you listening in, that may be a new concept, but um, women pastors have a natural gift for nurturing, and they contribute to the church, revealing the very heart of the Good Shepherd, so we're not to deny that. Uh, marketplace ministers, um, 
I should say marketplace pastors. Now, I know that's kind of a broad term of pastoring. I'm not talking about wearing a badge or having to be ordained. I'm just talking about people who are who have a flock wherever they work, wherever they are in the marketplace. Because um, that's where the seven mountains are taken, is outside the church walls. Yes, there's much that takes place within the church, but we're to come in here to be fueled up so that we can go out and make the difference in the marketplace. So wherever you have been called to work, you are to serve, at least in your mind and heart, as a pastor to that workplace. I'm not saying you walk in and say, I just want y'all to know that God sent me to pastor you. You do that, you're going to you know, have some tomatoes thrown your way. But what I'm saying is just know in your heart and mind that God has elevated you, he's positioned you, he's called you to that place to make a difference. And it is an area of influence, and we're not to take that for granted. Some people might not like their jobs, but until God gives you something else to go to, occupy and make a difference because we want to displace the Jebusites and bring healing and redemption and acceptance to Jesus Christ. Government services need to be staffed by those that have a pastoral anointing on them. Um, Those who see this mountain as their mission Sons and daughters should be filling the places of judgeships. When I say sons and daughters, I'm talking about of the Most High God, who understand the ways of the Lord. How in the world do you administer mercy and justice in in God's way of doing things if you don't know God? So God's sons and daughters need to be in those positions. That's how we take the mountain. It's interesting, the word family is mentioned 123 times in scriptures. The word families, plural, is mentioned 174 times. I would say that that is um, of interest to the Lord. Well, even the Trinity itself is a family. So let's look at God's heart in Psalm 68, 5 and 6. Listen to Father God's heart. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a defender of widows. He is God in his holy habitation. He sets the solitary, or those that feel alone, in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. That's the heart of our father, the one who heads up the family of God. So um, I was reading something that Johnny Enlow said, our prophet Johnny Enlow said, that we must intensely pray for the Supreme Court where the laws of our land are established. And he said, um, he urged the part that I was reading on this particular page, he said, remember in the story of Esther and the power of intercession that changed a nation, a whole nation, one woman who was mentored by Mordecai, her uncle, fasted and prayed 
and went before the king and the nation was saved why could that not be us I mean don't minimize your prayer life um, some of the Supreme Court justices that over the course of our national history have um, seemed to be the right ones put into office yet what we don't quite uh, remember or understand is that once they get into those higher places let's let's say move up this the mountain as they get into those higher places somehow they begin to lose sight of what why they were first sent there and because they become uh, influenced by Baal they become influenced by the Jebusites who are at work to take possession of that mountain and so some have started just like the scripture says we can start in the spirit but finish in the flesh I mean there's not a one of us that doesn't have to deal with that truth but that can happen in public office as well and to our just right on up to the Supreme Court it can happen to anyone that's human and so that's why we must be in intercession for them Baal must be knocked out of Washington, D.C. so that an influence of God could be raised up and the fear of the Lord began to instruct our justices. The fear of the Lord is what's been lost in this country. People are doing whatever they please to do. And you see that we were told in Isaiah that all we like sheep have gone astray, everyone to his own way. So it is in our Adamic nature to do so. So before we point a finger and judge somebody else to, and so let's remember that we too can falter. But some of our mighty future men and women are bound up right now as orphans. Many of them we're seeing, if, if you happen to watch the evening news, some of them you know that are in your family or your neighborhood. They're orphaned. Their souls have been damaged because of God's love being misrepresented. So great grace is available for those who will extend themselves to reach out to these beloveds. Because God so loved the world that's all of us that are within saved and unsaved God so loved the world it's easy for us to say I love the family of God I do but God loved the world because he saw the brokenness and he saw the opportunities that you and I have to go and make a difference so his heart is toward the fatherless, the rejected, and those who have no hope for their future except in him. So I pray right now that those that are listening that have suffered rejection, who have been abused and abandoned, Father God, you have laborers. You have raised up those who have hearts for those that are broken and wounded and battered. So 
As Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Let that be the cry of our heart, Lord. Here I am, send me. Help me to make the difference. Help me to show hope and love and truth to those that are lost, those that, have, that need to be reparented and loved and nurtured again. So, Father, we make ourselves available to you. And those listening in, I pray that you're doing the same. We thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name.